Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you are tuning into this podcast. We're glad that you have joined us. I recently read that the United States has more immigrants than any other country in the world. There are apparently more than 40 million people living in the U.S. today who were born in another country. And this population is extremely diverse, with pretty much every country in the world represented. And I'm sure many of us listening today either immigrated here, have family heritage linked with someone who immigrated here, or have someone in their family with that history. My name is Edward John. I'm a shareholder in Littler Mendelssohn's Cleveland office. And today I'm joined by my esteemed colleagues, Lavanka Vijay-Kun and Aki Tanaka for a discussion on this topic. Lavanka, do you wanna do a quick intro for our audience? Sure. Thanks, Eddie. Hi, my name is Lavanga Vijaykorn. I was born and raised in Sri Lanka. Uh, my parents and extended family are all still there. Um, I came to America for college as an international student and stayed on. Uh, now I am, a, like Eddie and Aki, I am an, a labor and employment attorney at Little Mendelssohn. I work at Little's Chicago office, although I have been working from home since March of last year. So really looking forward to getting back to that office soon. Uh, half of my practice is employment litigation before U.S. courts and government agencies. And the other half is advising multinational companies on global employment issues. So I have a pretty diverse practice. Aki? Hi, everyone. I'm Aki Tanaka. I am a shareholder with Boston Office. I do international works, especially matters relating to Japan, my native country. As I noted in the intro, you know, most of us have an immigrant story. Mine is that I was born in South Korea, came here when I was nine with my family, my mom, dad, and older sister. None of us spoke any English, and we came here looking for the quote-unquote the American dream. And as you notice, my last name has a, has a particular spelling, C-H-Y-U-N, and there's a little bit of a story behind that. When we immigrated here when I was nine, the president of Korea at the time had the exact same last name, but he spelled it C-H-U-N. But he had taken power over a through a military coup, so my dad wanted to make sure we weren't associated with him. So there was that silent lie thrown in there. But I think that sheds a little bit of light why we immigrated to the United States. We came here, we settled in the suburb of L.A. in the San Fernando Valley. I gradually eventually learned English, went to college, became a naturalized citizen, then decided to move to Ohio for law school, thinking I'll be here for three years. Then met my beautiful wife and ended up settling my roots here in Cleveland, Ohio. And now I have two wonderful children. You know, many interesting things have happened in between, some of which we'll discuss today. But that in a nutshell is my immigrant story. Lavanga, do you want to share your immigrant story as well with the audience? Yeah, thanks, Eddie. So there is an official reason and unofficial reason why I came to America. Uh, the official reason was that I came here for college. I went to Illinois Wesleyan University in Bloomington, Illinois. So my first experience of America was Bloomington, which if you know anything about central Illinois is a lot of corn and soybean fields. Very different from the America I saw on TV shows like Friends or Baywatch. The unofficial reason was a girl. I had this girlfriend in Sri Lanka who came here for college and I pretty much followed her, except we went to different colleges. Hers was about an hour away from mine. And as it often happens, 
we drifted apart and well, the rest of that story is for another different kind of podcast. But suffice to say, I met my wife-to-be, I became a US citizen, and now I consider myself to be a Sri Lankan American. The Sri Lankan side of my family is all still in Sri Lanka, so I visit every three years or so. And once I am fully vaccinated, I hope to go see them soon. Awesome. Aki, you want to share with us your immigrant story? Sure. I moved to Boston seven years ago, primarily because my husband, who is a researcher, has got a great job here. And then also for myself, my move was for more opportunities for international work. Before moving to Boston, I was a partner at a large local law firm in Japan, and then I was practicing labor and employment laws on the ground in Japan, including labor litigation, advisory work, traditional labor works. And at that time, I really felt that advising clients based on only one country's law doesn't fit to the client's needs and the changing world anymore. Clients have operations around the world. Their employees are moving around the globe. Clients need a trusted advisor who has an overview on global employment laws and can advise local laws from such global perspective. So I really wanted to gain the global employment laws perspective. In Japan, however, the number of international works are sort of limited. And I knew there are a lot of opportunities of international works in the U.S. that has the strongest economy in the world. So we made the decision to move to the States. Wow. Okay. So, you know, one of the first things I remember after I immigrated, you know, and I didn't know this at the time, but it was really my attempt to fit in, right, to assimilate to the American culture was, you know, changing my name. You know, my Korean name is Hyosa. And I remember my co- cousins and you know, relatives that were here in the U.S. saying, oh, no, you cannot have that name. So here, let me give you a list of names. And I, I don't know, there was like 20 or 30 names that I was given. And I had narrowed it down to Edward and Stephen. I couldn't pronounce Edward as a you know, nine-year-old who just came from you know, Korea that didn't speak English. But I really wanted the name Edward. So that's the name I picked. And with my brand new American name, I went entered third grade, not knowing much of English. And communicating with people through hand gestures and like pointing at things and, you know, just kind of thrown in there to learn English. But slowly but surely, I learned English and, you know, I became, quote unquote, Americanized. In fact, I remember going back to Korea during my second semester in law school for an internship and actually feeling like, you know, I didn't fit in. Right? People saw that I was a little bit different. I talked differently. I had a different out clothing you know, or hairstyle. Uh, and what I consider myself now is a 1.5 generation Korean-American, you know, married to a non-Korean with two kids who are half Korean a quarter Irish and quarter English, you know, so it seems like I have assimilated into the quote unquote American culture. But I also think immigrants like me, my family and the panelists here today, while assimilating here, have also added value to the American culture, which at the end of the day is what makes this country so unique and special. You know, Aki, you, you know, your story is a little different than mine, right? You're actually like in the shoe of my parents, where you immigrated older with kids. So tell us about the transition that you had moving here from Japan to the U.S. with your family. 
of course. So, you know, we are first generation and then maybe uh, like your parents, I often struggle with my strong Japanese accent or my English, as you can see. Um, we moved here when my daughter was five, who is now 12 years old, and then she speaks perfect English like you, Eddie. The other day, we were at the Apple store to buy iPad, and then I wanted to ask a question about the data storage, where whether it should be 65 gigabytes or not. But the store guy just couldn't understand my question because of my strong accent on my word storage. And my daughter was like, no, mom, it is not storage, it is storage. Or um, do I even pronounce it right? I don't know. But uh, in any ways, she said, and then I wonder how come you can do your work as an attorney with such a strong accent? And then I said to her, oh, sweetie, mom cannot speak English in the way you or my American colleagues can speak. But on the other hand, mom is licensed to practice law in Japan, can speak perfect Japanese and then no Japanese culture, which my colleagues just cannot do. And then we work together, so it's fine. And then also, you know what? My Japanese accent might actually help me to sound my Japan advice more authentic to clients. And my daughter was like, oh, well, but um, I just wanted to let her know that being different can be our strength. Awesome. Lavanga, you, unlike me, you didn't change your name. So tell us about, you know, your experience and trying to fit in or trying to assimilate into the American culture. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that we're talking about the names here uh, because I, I, I do think that my name can sometimes be a barrier in our profession. It's, it's unique even by Sri Lankan standards and hard to pronounce for anyone who is not South Asian. So during the workday, I hear my name being massacred at least once or twice. A lot of people call me Lavanya, which unfortunately sounds very close to lasagna. But I think I have a pretty good attitude about it. As long as someone is making a good faith effort to get it right, I'm fine. Uh, what irritates me sometimes is when someone looks at my name on paper and they don't try at all and end up calling me things like champ or bud, or chief, <laughs> there was a labor negotiation I was involved in, and these union stewards just didn't want to have anything to do with my name. So they called me sweater guy, just because I wore a sweater one time during those five days of negotiations. So someone recently asked me whether I had ever considered going by a nickname or an anglicized version of my name, and I have not. I, I haven't considered it even for a second. Uh, my name is too tied up with my identity, and I'm not about to change that. You know, when I was born, my parents put some thought into my name. It has a meaning, and despite the difficulties, I would like to honor that. So I'm sticking to it. Awesome. You know, and in addition to being, you know, somebody who immigrated here, I think we all have another thing in common, right? We all work at the same firm. And I've always wondered whether I would have become a lawyer had it not been for my background. In addition to having Asian parents who, you know, want their son or their daughter to be a lawyer or a doctor, my parents owned a one-hour photo store. And I remember as a 12-year-old going to my parents' store after school to help with the business and my parents asking me to call the landlord or the manufacturer of the one-hour photo machine or suppliers and negotiate with them on delivery dates or, or vast of other stuff. 
And then, you know, because I was the one that spoke the best English. And then that naturally led to, you know, hey, there's a Korean lady who also owns a dry cleaner down the street who needs help talking to, you know, her supplier or something. So can you go talk to them? And, and then that progression led to me going to law school and becoming a lawyer. And I think it's helped me become a better lawyer because you know, I'm able to understand different cultural issues, the underlying root of why people may have said something or done something in a certain way. I've recently been told uh, by my wife that, you know, she thinks I have a good sense of reading people just because when I came here when I was nine, I couldn't communicate in, you know, in, in words. So I did a lot of body language. So I'm able to tell some of those the cues, you know, how has being an immigrant impacted either your decision to practice law or how you practice law? Lavanga? Yeah, um, I think my status as an immigrant has really helped the international side of my law practice. Having grown up in Sri Lanka, I have a sort of visceral understanding of a lot of the cultural challenges that are posed by having a global workforce in that part of the world. You know, that's not something you can learn in law school or even in your practice, unless you actually go and live in those jurisdictions. So I think for a lot of my international clients, they really appreciate this particular perspective that I bring. I think a lot of US-based clients don't realize how unique American labor law is the concept of at-will employment is a unicorn you only really see in U.S. law. So I often have conversations with clients about not just the difference in the laws in the global jurisdictions where they operate, but also what that means in a real sense to the people that are affected by the client's decisions and how those people are going to react to those decisions. Aki, what about you? My unique background tremendously helps my practice. For example, I'm handling several investigations for harassment claim from an employee in Japan. I interview witnesses both in Japanese and English and then figure out whether it's going to be a harassment or not based on each country's law and culture, which I just cannot do without my background. I think we could probably talk about this issue for you know, hours and hours, but you know, we're running out of time. So as we wrap up, Aki, do you have any concluding remarks for our audience? Yeah, sure. Um, Based on my background in my work, I am trying to be different, unique, and work together as a team because I know that will bring the best result as a team. In my view, the reason why America is the most powerful country in the world is obvious. It is because it's the country of immigrants. I have experienced how inclusive and welcoming people here are to those who are from other countries or who are different from others, which I really appreciate and then which is actually rare to be seen in many other countries in the world. The country has gained many things through immigrants. For example, companies in the U.S. can now get the bilingual Japan advice through me in U.S. time zone, which might have taken much longer time if the country needed to grow someone like me in country. Our firm is a microcosmo of this country. We have all kinds of person with unique background. I truly appreciate being a part of such a diverse firm. And then I believe that is why we are the most powerful employment firm in the market. Thank you. How about you, Lavanga? Yeah, one of the initiatives of the firm that I really appreciate is our 
pro bono program. Ever since I was a summer associate, I've worked with a particular pro bono organization called the National Immigrant Justice Center, which is located here in Chicago. With the NIJC, I have represented asylum seekers who are immigrants to this country fleeing persecution from their home countries. Representing these individuals has been one of the coolest things I have done in my professional and personal life. In some cases, the stakes are literally life and death. So winning these cases, and luckily I have won all six of the asylum cases I have handled, it really means the world to me. America has given me so many opportunities and the ability to help pave the way for those same opportunities for other immigrants, especially those who have no other choice, no other safe haven, no other home, is an incredibly rewarding thing to do as an attorney. So I'm very thankful that Littler has allowed me to do this type of pro bono work. Thank you, Lavanga. In closing, we want to thank Littler for giving us this platform in honor of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month to share our stories and recognizing and celebrating the differences and multiple background that all of us bring to the firm. I know we talked about our unique stories, but many of us at Littler and in the US have similar stories and we all add value and importance to what it means to be a member of the American culture and what makes us great. I recently saw this quote as I was researching about immigrants in the U.S., and it comes from the George W. Bush Presidential Center. Immigrants played a leading role in building what has become the most prosperous nation in the history of the world. And I believe that it's people like Vavanga and Aki and many others at Littler who bring different backgrounds, views, and perspective that make our firm a great place to work and a leader in the global labor and employment space. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Eddie Dunn with Lavanga Vijay Kuhn and Aki Tanaka. <laughs>